The book of Matthew 5:45 and 48 that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called Call to Perfection. We for a long time have already understood that this is one of the greatest commandments, which is the inheritance of all saints of all times, and the commandment is addressed by Christ strictly or exclusively to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person that is sent by God have no part to the inheritance contained in this commandment, and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to. In other words, it they won't understand this commandment. They will think that God loves the righteous and unrighteous, and that's why he shines the sun and on the one and the other the same, that the rains are poured out the same way upon the righteous and unrighteous, and according to this place of scripture, they then understand for themselves that they need to have a tolerant love, that they need to love everyone independent from who they are or who these individuals are. But actually, this is definitely not true. This is not accurate. God sends His Son upon the righteous and unrighteous according to His Word that is spoken by Him. God, within the boundaries of His Word, He sends His Son and His reigns. And this means that upon the righteous, when the Son shines it blesses them, and when it shines on the wicked, it burns them. It is a wrath to, uh, upon them, a blessing for the one peop- uh, individual and wrath for the other. Rains that come not in measure and not in its season. Look what's happening on earth. Do you call this God's love? When all entire cities, entire areas are going underwater, Rain is pouring down, and you still think that God loves everyone the same. No, He loves those who love Him and hate those who hate Him. As it relates to fulfilling this required commandment, we uh, we are called to be vigilant over the Word of God within our heart, as God is vigilant over His spoken Word in the temple of our body. We stop to study the question, What specific goals does the righteousness of God pursue that we are collaborating with within our heart? And in part we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant which represents the death of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We, by the law, in these tablets, die for the law so that in the new tablets of the covenant which is the resurrection of Christ, we can receive justification so we can live for the one that died and resurrected so that in this way we obtain confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant, which is the resurrection of life, in order to give God the proper foundation to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, similar to how he gave it to Abraham and his seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 
Therefore, the covenant of peace in the heart of a warrior in prayer is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God that is the spoken by him delegated one. By what signs do we examine ourselves that the peace of God rules within our heart, which identifies us as the sons of God and as the most holy? To examine your heart as to whether the peace of God rules in it is possible by the ability to be a peacemaker. This characterizes us as the sons of God, as it is written, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, Matthew 5, 9. In a particular format, we already looked at six of the signs, the consistency of which allows us to judge and examine ourselves as to whether we are the sons of peace and furthermore the sons of God. And we stopped to study the seventh sign. And this is our ability to clothe our essence into the holy and selective love of God, the confessions of the faith of our heart. And so holy means selective, The holiness of God is always separating us. It separates evil from good. It separates what is a blessing, what is a curse, light from darkness, holy from what is unholy. That is why it's called holy. But people with a tolerant mentality don't understand what holy means, and so that's why we need to say selective, because he selects, he he chooses. A holy love selects, and so... There is a lot of people that come to God, they receive salvation, God looks after them. Will they turn their silver salvation to profit? Will they grow the fruit of righteousness from the seed so that it can become theirs? Or do do they in their time refuse to do this? They first say gladly, I will go, but then think in themselves, I won't go. When do they say they won't go? Because they say, I have my own head. And I understand for myself what I need to do. I grew up in a church where each one had their own head. This was considered normal that that each one had their own personal opinion. We were taught that every person needs to have their own opinion and we were asked, uh, when there's a sermon, how do you understand this sister? How do you understand this brother? You see, there were no students there. Everyone was a teacher and everyone spoke as they understood it. But the thing is, the Church of Saints are students that listen to how you need to understand something. The teacher, when he teaches the student, he doesn't ask the student, how do you understand 2 plus 2? How much will it be? He doesn't ask them what they think it should be. They say, the teacher says 2 plus 2 is 4. But the student may say, well, I don't agree that it's 4. Well, no one asked for the opinion of the student. That is what the truth is. And if it's not agreed upon, then the door is opened. When you have a church where there are students, and when the head of that church is also a student, he is clothed with the authority of a father from God, the authority of a teacher to teach, that to the one that God will reveal his mysteries to. We, in a specific format, already studied six of the signs the consistency of which allows us to examine ourselves that we are the sons of peace and furthermore the sons of God and studied the sign, as we've said, our ability to clothe ourselves into the selective love of God. 
But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The bond meaning all of the perfections that exist. When you combine them together into one vessel, this is what the holy selective love of God is that we need to be clothed into. In the world, there is a phrase that exists in the world. There's nothing perfect in the world. There's no perfection in the world. Everything is relative. And so if everything was perfect in the world, then you would not need to strive towards something. You would be living with that perfection. But institutes, uh, when it comes to psychology or discipline, other different, uh, different teachings, people learn so they can perfect their way, so they become more perfect. Uh, and so they say it that there's nothing perfect in the world. Today, you're perfect. Another will uh, will overcome what you've achieved and achieve something more. And so only God Himself is perfect. And when He sent His Son, who was perfect, He put us into Him. And we can be perfect only in Him and through Him. And so in Scripture, the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in the light of seven unchanging virtues or characteristics by the preached word spoken by the apostles and prophets. These seven virtues, these qualities, these are natural character of the Heavenly Father, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit. This is their character. Virtue, when someone told Christ, good teacher, he said, why do you call me good? No one is good except for the Father. That doesn't mean that Christ wasn't good, but here Christ meant that goodness doesn't come from me. Goodness, a good work, uh, it comes from my Heavenly Father and I represent this goodness. This grace, that's what he meant. This is what Jesus meant. And so we need to be as the Heavenly Father is. Virtue from which flows, comes knowledge from this virtue and from this good. Virtue is good goodness. There are different forms of virtue, but when this is a goodness of God, it is perfect. From it comes God's knowledge. And after that, self-control. After self-control comes perseverance, from perseverance comes, comes godliness, and from godliness comes brotherly kindness, and from brotherly kindness and love. Second Peter 1, 2 through 8. We already looked at five of the qualities that give us open access into the kingdom of heaven, because it is said that if you have these, then this will open for you a way into the kingdom of heaven. This is our calling, and so make your election and your your election sure it's talking about these qualities of virtue or as we could say one fruit that possesses all of these qualities the fruit of righteousness that we need to bear from the seed of justification we've received as a guarantee of our salvation and when we grow it we turn it so that it can profit us in order for it to grow, the seed needs to die. In this situation, God 
does not behave as one wise businessman would. The, a businessman will not give all of his means uh, or invest all of his means because uh, what if something happens and he loses it all, but God puts all of his means and invests them because he knows for sure he will return with profit. He will return, he'll, he'll come back with profit. Uh, he knew in Jesus Christ that when he gives him, he will up obtain for himself his children that are slaves of sin. And he didn't make a mistake. We together are his profit that he received in his experience we need to do the same thing we need to invest the silver of salvation so we can receive it as our own we need to know that what we receive by the preached word by hearing the word we receive it in the form of the seed not fruit and the seed is the guarantee it's not the fruit and if a person doesn't understand this and keeps saying I'm saved I'm saved stating this in the seed you will be right but you will also make a tragic uh, mistake if you're not explained that this seed that this seed needs to be grown into fruit and when you grow it into fruit of justification and it becomes the fruit of righteousness then will it become your own that will be the guarantee of your salvation we studied five of the qualities that give us access to the kingdom of heaven and stopped to study the sixth quality, which is identified as brotherly love. Relevant to this week came to the necessity to study for classical questions. What do the scriptures say about the origin and nature of the essence of the fruit of virtue, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? What purpose in demonstrating our faith in the love of God agape called to fulfill coming from the atmosphere of brotherly love? What conditions do we need to fulfill so we can receive the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith and this power is in the Holy Spirit so we can receive the power to demonstrate that's the power that's in the Holy Spirit to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you uh, he says and you will be witnesses and being a witness of Christ is you will behave in the world as he behaved and fourth question by what science do we examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith that it truly is something we have how do we examine ourselves search ourselves that we have this brotherly love and demonstrate it this peace of God and so we need to needed to keep in mind that these conditions are individual elements of one whole and do not work one without the other. The first condition, giving God the proper foundation to pour out His love into our heart, is our hunger and our decision to be born from the imperishable seed of the preached to us word, specifically our decision and our hunger that follows to know and perform the will of God was foreseen and foreknown by God before the creation of the world which provided God the proper foundation he needed to identify us in advance so that he so that we can be in the likeness of his son so we have the same character of his son second condition giving God the proper foundation to pour out his love into our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love 
is the need to demonstrate salt in your faith, in the fruit of holiness that we have grown. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men, Matthew 5.13. You will also find this in many places of Scripture. According to the revelation of Scripture, the presence of salt representing the quality of holiness is formed in man because of his total dedication to God, which, so when he dedicates himself to God upon the altar of offering, then the salt uh, becomes known. But this dedication needed to be preceded by total sanctification, making us an island that is being washed from all sides with purifying waters of sanctification. And so an island is always a symbol of a person, a church, that is separated from others, from other worlds or earth or other lands. Uh, your righteousness is like the waves of the sea. It's being washed by God's righteousness, this island. Specifically presenting your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God for good service, clothes us into the virtue of the fruit of holiness, which makes us a salt for the earth and therefore defines the soil of our heart as good and wise. For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and they will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is... If it is, if your prayer is in accordance to the demands that of God that you bring, then it will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. We've noted that all the sheep by nature are pure animals that are uh, brought by God or brought before, uh, brought by men to God or before God as an offering. The one that becomes holy, however, is the one that is separated for a burnt offering upon the altar of burnt offering so that it can be seasoned with salt of the covenant. They look her over so she has no blemishes. She is then separated and she is brought upon the altar. Then she is called holy when she is brought upon the altar of offering so that she can be salted. It says that do not allow your offering to be without salt. That was the command given in the ancient world, in the law of Moses. All the priests, all the nation of Israel understood that an offering is their prayer. An offering needs to be brought. Uh, if you don't pray in bringing an offering, the offering, uh, if you did not pray when you brought an offering, the offering was not accepted before God. It needed to be done before the presence of the priest. And the priest put his hands upon this person, prayed over him, and proclaimed him as pure, clean. We conclude that if our offering, which is our prayer intercession, is not offered upon the fire of the altar of burnt offering, so it can be salted with the fire of holiness, we do not have the right then to be intercessors in the status of warriors in prayer, in the virtue of a priest of God, in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, and consequently will not have the legitimate status to enter the temple so that we can approach God. Holiness is the state of our heart which demonstrates itself in the legitimate words of prayer, Holiness will demonstrate itself in legitimate words of prayer. 
that come out of our heart from the, uh, in the form of God's faith. The words of God that come out of the mouth of God, we'll find these words and we will speak to God with the words that came from His mouth, which are then followed by action or acts which draw God's favor upon us. Pursue peace with all people, put forth all effort, ability, means to pursue peace with all people, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace and holiness, that's salt, the attempt to demonstrate peace out of the boundary of holiness and not as a demonstration of holiness transforms us into the sons of resistance and destruction. We can't have, of course, fellowship with any person. Saints that were previously saints and then died for God or became haters of the truth they abandon their church they don't have a, an offering left for their sins but the only thing is the anger and wrath of God and so with such people we need to not have peace with because if we have peace with them then we will perish again I say the attempt to demonstrate peace with people in the world out of the boundary of holiness and not as a demonstration of holiness transforms us into the sons of resistance and destruction. Demonstrating the fruits of holiness and words of prayer is demonstrating the righteousness of faith, confirming our origin in God, giving us the right to make a new covenant with God, which is a covenant of eternal peace. Only holy people possess the legitimate right to, pre uh, to present holy truth while fulfilling their sanctification that pursues the goal of total dedication to serve the true and living God. I will remind us that the word holy when it comes to God and man could be uh, the same, but it, when it comes to man, it's a little bit, there's a little bit of a difference. When it comes to God, is separated, God is separated from all of His creation, including His angels, because even in angels, they're in they're imperfections because they are created. And so, to find an individual with which he can communicate, he does not create, but he bears his children. And he grows them to a point where they be in his likeness, that he not see any imperfection in them. In Jesus Christ, when we are put into Christ, when we allow the Holy Spirit to put us into Jesus Christ, in this way, the Holy or the, the Holy Father sees us as He is. And so the word holy when it comes to man is one that is born from God, born for God, coming from God, belonging to God, abiding in God, the personal possession and holiness of God, redeemed by God, separated for God, dedicated to God, in the likeness of God, entering the lot of God, or inheriting one lot with God, sharing the power of authority with God. The word holy identifies the inner state of our heart, making our heart identical to the heart of God. At the same time, the word holiness identifies the demonstration of this state of the heart in our words and our actions, which serves as an argument of our belonging and our origination in God and from God, which gives us the right to be warriors in prayer, in the status of a king, priest, and prophet, giving God the proper foundation to turn His goodness upon us, His favor, His goodness, or to 
thank us. Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me. O God, incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Psalm 17, 5, 6. And there are a lot of psalms like this. And it's not just in the psalms, also in the five books and throughout scripture. In scripture, the praying phrase to bow down the heavens that is spoken by man to God means he will listen attentively to a praying person. He will turn his eyes for good for the praying person. He will become a stronghold or a place of refuge for a warrior in prayer. He will become a covering for a praying person. He will occupy a circle of defense around a warrior in prayer. He will make the enemies of a warrior in prayer flee. He shall strike the enemies of a warrior in prayer. So that we provide God with the proper foundation to incline his ear to our prayers, it is necessary to present the argument of your origin in to of your origin to him, to present this argument of the origin to him in the grown by his fruit of holiness. When you say heavenly father, then you say that he is your father. You turn to him, not just as God, but as a father first, that God is our heavenly father. As one Muslim, that woman that had repented, she she had received Christ. She said, for the first time, I dared to call him God as a father because in Islam God is not a father he is a God who is judge and only here did she finally discover reading the New Testament she got to know she understood that the Heavenly Father that her relatives serve this God is a heavenly father also to provide God with the proper foundation to incline his ears to our prayers as we said it is necessary to present the argument of your origin to him always turning to God you need to say heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ remember how the person who had made himself wicked and drew a certain group of people away, he left this place and he said, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and our God also. He intentionally was trying to uh, uh, start his prayers differently, as if I was building it according to my opinion. This is what it says throughout Scripture. No one had ever turned from the apostles to God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus said, when you pray, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, he says, when you pray, turn to the Father in my name, and he will give to you, call the Father, God as the Father in my name, not in the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but my name. And so we are called in the grown by his fruit of holiness to present our arguments of our origin to him and we are called to demonstrate his holiness within brotherly love 
as well as with those around us. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life, Romans 6.22. We conclude that if a person does not become free from governing sin within his body, by the way of casting off the old man where he counts himself dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the not-existent stronghold of incorruption within his body as existent, he will not be able to become a servant of God so he can demonstrate the salt of holiness giving the members of your body to righteousness you then demonstrate uh, salt or the fruit of holiness and to comprehend the essence and difference between the definition of holy and the definition of holiness in our relationship with God uh, holiness comes from the word holy it is necessary first to answer a series of questions first what does what does it make of itself and what is it and how is the grown by his fruit of holiness and brotherly love identified what purpose is holiness called to fulfill in the relationship of god with man and man with god what price do we need to pay so that we can demonstrate the fruit of holiness and brotherly love in a specific format we already studied these first three questions and have been studying the fourth by what signs do we examine ourselves that we have salt within ourselves that identifies holiness within our relationship with God and with one another I will bring forth seven components that are familiar to us although there are more of them in the collaboration of us growing the fruit of holiness together with the holiness of God and brotherly love as well as with all those around us by these we will be able to examine ourselves as to whether we have salt within ourselves book of Leviticus 26 1 through 12 this is also in other places of scripture but in this situation the Holy Spirit uh, turned us to this specific place if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them then I will give you rain in its season I will give you rain in its season the land shall yield its produce it's talking here about not about a physical land God talked about that too but this land is the soil of our heart and rain is the teaching of Christ and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit your threshing shall last till the time of vintage and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely I will give peace to the land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid I will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword that will not it will not go through your land you will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight your enemies shall fall by the sword before you for I will look on your on you favorably and make you fruitful multiply you and confirm my covenant with you you shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you I will it's also symbolic here that you will uh, that you shall eat the old harvest and clear it out this old because of the new the Old Testament for the benefit of the new I will and when you cast out the old for the sake of the new then I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people Leviticus 26 3 through 12 I will bring forth these signs 
First sign is the Lord our God will walk within our camp so he can yield it so that we can yield our produce. God will give us the opportunity and ability to eat our bread till we are full and we will dwell in the land safely. God will send peace upon our land and you shall be able to lie down and none will make you afraid as he will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through our land. You will also chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. Fifth, God will look upon us favorably and will make us fruitful and he will multiply us. Sixth, God will confirm his covenant with us, he will set the tabernacle among us and his soul will not abhor us. And seven, God will walk among us and will be our God and we will be his nation. First sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God is by understanding that God will walk within our camp so that he can deliver us and give our enemies into our hands. And so, we are a camp and we are a flock. It's all—it's also the same, a flock and a camp. In this case, you could see either one, and there we're both of those things. First, in the given sign, our enemies that God will deliver us from the give, uh, from the our enemies that God will deliver us from and give them into our hands is us being delivered from the power of our corrupt lusts that God will give into the power of our hands. We will receive power to take control of our lusts. And change them to intelligent uh, uh, desires or uh, the intelligent will that we can use. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been, and as you note here, he's not saying, I feel, but I know, knowing that Christ, and knowledge comes from the preached word that is spoken, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, died, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't pay attention to what you feel, but begin to count yourself. Many of us, since we were children, were taught to count yourself as something you are really not, you're not, you really are not. You look at a cartoon as a child and you watch this cartoon and you choose the hero you want to be and you see yourself as a hero. A child even can do this. Uh, God made us in this way that we can count ourselves not what we are physically but what we would like to be. And so when we desire what we want to be, it is put into us that we will be this way as the Lord has put that into us even those that are far from God psychologists understood that that we can count ourselves and call ourselves and so you have died to sin and you live for God 
Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Romans 6, 5-14 Sin should not govern over you, as you are under grace. Only under the law does sin govern because the law gives power to sin, discovers that the sin is there and gives power to it, and then the son takes control. But you are not under the law. But we already know how we need to come out from under the guard of the law. When we count ourselves dead to sin, proclaiming that not existent as existent, we have been crucified with Christ, and then Christ lives in us, and we are in Christ. And then the grace of God is activated because God accounts it to us as righteousness when we begin to say not what we are, but what who God sees us as, who He is for us, who we are to Him, what He's done for us. We can't determine this by our feelings, what He's done for us. Only based on information, I know in whom I have believed, we know that we have been passed from death to life. We know, we know. Stop basing everything on your feelings. They're wounded and they're hurt. How can you trust in them? They are hurting. They need to be healed and they need to be led under the bridle so that they can follow you. So they stop running from everything and especially to make decisions or determinations. Your feelings don't have the ability to determine evil and good or if God is with you or isn't with you. You have information for that reason. If you, based on this information, you see that you're behaving correctly, it doesn't matter what you're feeling or what anyone says from the side, you need to know God is with you. If you are behaving with your brother according to Scripture, know that you have been passed from death to life and God is with you. And so if we don't allow God by being instructed in the faith to deliver us from the corrupt lusts that live within our body and they will not be given into the power of our hands, which is the rod of our mouth, because it's not literal that your enemies are put into your hands. This is how do you uh, put the lusts into our into our hands. This is by the rod of our mouth. We use the rod of our mouth to make this happen. We will lose our salvation and our names will be blotted out of the book of life if we don't allow God to do it. If only by chance, as an exception, you will be granted repentance before death, we will be saved as a firebrand plucked from the burning and will lose our right to rapture before the morning star. And only and so if a person that is saved uh, as uh, like that is in the blink of an eye would be saved as mercy that is an exception he will lose his right to salvation or he will lose his uh, right to rapture but he will be saved and only after the millennial reign a thousand years of the rule of Christ is finished at the great white throne will we receive the lot of our salvation when we will be separated to the right side for eternal salvation 
Second, the symbol of our camp within the temple of our body where the Lord God walks so that He can deliver us from our enemies and give them into our hands. This camp is the army of our spiritual mind that gives God the right foundation to walk within our camp. So governing sin that rules over us, that lives within our body, only happens when we are under the guard of the law of Moses, presenting with itself the holiness of God and the service of condemnation, which discovers governing sin within our body, that is the old person and gives it legitimate power of retribution to produce death. For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to the we were free in regard to righteousness what fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed for the end of these things is death but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord Romans 6 20-23 so when we hear the faith by receiving instruction in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ we die for the law by the law We receive the legitimate right to the power to live under the law of the governing grace of God, and it is stricter than the law of Moses that represents the service of justification in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who, contrary to hope, is talking about Abraham, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations, meaning Contrary to hope, he waited a long time, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years. He was not thinking about or basing things on what he was seeing physically. Maybe he didn't see, maybe there were no mirrors at the time, but you will say even so, he saw looking at his body it was very uh, he was very old he had aged and he was a hundred years old and his wife who was barren at this age and there was no way that they could possibly have a child but it says that he didn't pay attention to that why because he was not Uh, trusting in what was happening in his body the processes in his body and outside of his body and what his servants were saying she called him Abraham every time she called him Abraham the father of many nations and he called her the mother that has bore kings I trust that their servants were deeply faithful uh, people or individuals, Christian people, who, with reverence, uh, when they heard these things, they also waited until God fulfilled what was promised for their masters. The Gentiles did possibly laugh, but their servants didn't. And so it says here that he didn't consider his body that was already dead, he was a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he he had promised he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was inputted to him. But also for us it shall be inputted to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, 
who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Romans 4, 18 through 25. You see where we receive justification <clears throat> in the new tablets of the covenant in the resurrection of Christ. Second, the symbol of our camp within the temple of our body where the Lord God walks so he can deliver us from the power of our lusts that God will give into our hands is the camp in the form of our spiritual mind, giving God the proper foundation to walk within our camp. <clears throat> because a camp is an army. And when we have this spiritual mind, then God will walk within our camp, within our body. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. <clears throat> the kind of thoughts that are in God is how God is. The thoughts of a person is what a person thinks or meditates about. His It identifies his actual state or his actual condition. His thoughts also identify his true God. His worshipping of the God that he has, his dependence on who his God is, and his belonging to his God. <clears throat> For those who live according to the flesh, set your mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so then those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 5-8. through 8. And if to be carnally minded is the mark or ins inscription of the beast upon foreheads of such people, and these are Christians, because we're not talking about the people of the world, people of the world don't need any kind of mark. They weren't born to receive any sort, sort of inscription or mark. Those who are born, they received the opportunity to receive life or death. And when they chose a carnal mind, they chose death. And in this way, they have allowed their forehead to be marked with the mark of the beast. We need to be materialistically prosperous. If we are not materialistically prosperous, then the spirit of poverty is in control, and so forth. <clears throat> The spiritual mind or thoughts that are spiritual are focused on changing the nature of the human character into the character of God so that we can fulfill our calling consistent in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ in order to give us a guarantee to be raptured with Christ. A carnal mind or thoughts that are carnal are focused on justification by practicing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, rebuking demons, evangelism, and materialistic success, that these people trust that they will be freed from the spirit of poverty and determine the level of their spiritual authority, which will lead them to eternal death. Third, the symbol of our camp is our church, upon the condition that the head of our church is a person that is clothed into the Holy Spirit, clothed into the authority of a father from God, that wasn't elected by us by the abominable to God form of democratic election, but one who is placed by God. Democratic, uh, this structure, and those Christians that follow it, do you like what the Democrats do right now in many of the states? You can't even go into the center of the cities 
It is filled with homeless uh, in, uh, people. And so those uh, that are uh, democratic in faith in this way, you are, in, you are like them. You are similar to that. And you are very unfortunate. You need to run from out of run out of Babylon. It is time to get out of it. We need to examine this person as to the right that he has to present the delegated fathership of God by his moral compass or moral state and by the wisdom that is given to him that contains the fullness or completeness of the elementary teaching of Christ. First, the teaching of Christ in the preached by him word is called by casting off of ourselves the old man to destroy the stronghold of death within our mortal body in order to erect the stronghold of life in its place by the relations of God in his words renew our mind with the spirit of our mind so we can start the process of clothing ourselves into our new person that contains the love of God agape that we are called to demonstrate in our faith in brotherly kindness as well as with all those around us. As it is written, but now you yourself are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. All this that has been read, these are characteristics of the old person that we are called to cast off of ourselves. Take off this garment. But we choose for ourselves our own teachers by a democratic vote. I, when I just came to America, I didn't understand at the time, and one of the Pentecostal uh, churches I ended up in, they were electing the brothers that would be a part of the brotherly council. But And, and the pastor said, that's enough. Uh, but they say, well, this brother too, but if you add another uh, individual to the to the to the council, then we would need to add another person as there would be an even a number between the two. And I asked after the church, why does the number need to need to be an odd number? Well, if you can imagine uh, that there will be four against four, then they will not be able to decide anything. But if there are seven, then it won't be possible that there be half-half, uh, that it would be equal between the two, then we have a guarantee that all the questions will be able to be settled uh, with an odd number of brothers in. This is how they make their decisions, unfortunately, in these abominable uh, gatherings. And so the scriptures say, continuing, and having put on the new man, <clears throat> you can't put on the new man until you cast off your old man. And this new man is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And in such churches there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you. And why do we need these things? Because of brotherly love. So you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. <clears throat> and so uh, where you find a situation where you have offended someone, each one has to forgive the other. 
And as Christ has forgiven you, you also, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3, 8 through 15. And so first, our enemies are our desires that war within our members, being led by our old person, warring against our sacred person. Second, our, our enemies are Christians that are in the flesh, that are working their own personal righteousness in works of personal goodness that comes from the flesh, having rejected righteousness that was given to them by faith. In this way, God walking within our camp is the vigilance of God in the temple of our body over the words of the faith of God that are concealed within our heart. God's faith is the word that comes out of our the mouth of God spoken by the delegated authority of God that is received by us in listening to this word and is then demonstrated by us confessing them with our mouth. It is these words that are concealed in the temple of our body that God is vigilant over so that it soon be fulfilled. Therefore, to test that God walks within the camp of our spiritual mind is to be done by the sign of cleansing our conscience from dead works or sin by the truth that is concealed within our heart in the blood of the cross of Christ. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. And so, being able to demonstrate brotherly love, if you walk in the light, as God walks in His light, then the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. It is not possible to use the truth that is contained in the blood of Christ without the truth that is contained in the cross of Christ, as only together are these two forms of truth that are concealed within our heart, can they separate us from the manufacturer or producer of sin, and provides the right basis to cleanse our essence from all sin. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, If you abide in My word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31, 32, and this is the truth about the blood of the cross of Christ. The truth about the blood of Christ and the cross of Christ. The manufacture of sin is the flesh that is supported by governing sin, that is the old person with his deeds, which is the programmable system of the fallen cherubim. The manufacture of righteousness that condemns sin and delivers us from sin is the new person, which is the programmable system that belongs to God. And this program consists in the light of the word that comes out of the mouth of God and in which God walks. And if we walk in the light of the word, in the light that God walks in and he walks within the boundaries of his word, then He we receive the right to the power to demonstrate brotherly love within our faith, which is the atmosphere where the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Second sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God so we can receive the right to the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith consists in this, that the Lord God will give our land rain in its season so that our land can yield its produce, which is the grown by us fruit of peace and holiness. The symbol of our land that God will pour His rain in its season and in the right measure or amount is the good soil of our heart that has become good because we, hearing the faith, have cleansed our conscience from dead works by the truth that is contained in the blood of the cross of Christ. 
For if the blood of the bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews 9, 13, 14. The symbol of the rain that God has given to our land in season and in measure is the preached word in the format of the elementary teaching of, Je of Jesus Christ spoken by the mouth of the person whom he has clothed into the authority of a father. The words of Moses, the servant of God, Give ear, O heaven, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herb, and as showers on the grass. Deuteronomy 32.1.2 The teaching were that Moses was talking about that it will come from his mouth as this dew, as the rain, as the showers. He was talking to the earth, he was talking to man, that has within himself heaven and earth. The symbol of produce or growth in the good soil of our heart and combined, this is the combi combined peace and holiness, is the fruit of promise grown in the soil of our good heart in the form of the born by us fruit Methuselah who drives away death from within our body who is a testimony that we have pleased God and a guarantee of our rapture to meet the Lord in heaven. Here is what we need to grow. The fruit of righteousness, because holiness, it will destroy death within our body. The name Methuselah is one who drives away death. And after Methuselah was born, when Enoch began walking before God and God took him, and this was testimony that he had pleased God, that he had bore the fruit that drove away this death. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, the disciples asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You restore it. They're asking him if he will restore it, because at that time, Ju Judea, Israel, they were a part of the Roman Empire, were under the government of Rome. And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That is, you will become a light, you will become my light. To be a witness is to be a light, to reflect uh, him, to speak as he, he is speaking and to behave as he behaved. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Acts 1, 6 through 11. And you see, as he was going to heaven, there was no earthquakes, there was no uh, noise. The world lived as they, as they lived. They didn't even know what occurred. That is how 
rapture will be also. The world will live as they do. Nothing will happen that's scary uh, suddenly and quietly. His saints that are prepared for rapture have the testimony in themselves, who have cast off of themselves the old man, have renewed their mind with the spirit of their mind, and have clothed their body into the new person, they will be raptured. Quietly, they will go. And so these fantasies that they show what will happen, what if a person suddenly was driving in the street, or they were the pilot of a plane, and they do show these films as how uh, there was a disaster and the plane crashed because the person disappeared, the pilot disappeared because God took him. No, that won't be the case. It is written, they gathered and he took them to the mountain before rapture as Elijah had brought Elisha behind the Jordan at this time the saints will gather and they will know they won't be uh, at work or doing other things because they will have knowledge that today God will take me do you know that the Lord will take your master. They told Elisha about Elijah, and he told them, be silent, I do know. And so that is how it will be. Just as it is written, that's how it will be, not as they fantasize. And so you shall be witnesses. To be witnesses, a witness of Christ means have testimony in your heart that you have pleased God by growing in yourself the fruit of Methuselah, where we die in the death of the Lord Jesus for sin, so that we can give the Holy Spirit the right foundation to erect within our mortal body the stronghold of a resurrection of Christ and clothe our mortal body into the resurrection of Christ. When you begin to count yourself dead to sin, living for God, and begin to proclaim that not existent stronghold of life in your body is existent in this way, you already in your mouth you have bore this Methuselah and now God takes these words and begins to destroy this death within you and these words will serve as guarantee for you that you will be raptured and now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him as his, at his coming if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. 1 John 2, 29. Third sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by his fruit of holiness with the holiness of God in order to receive the right to the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith. This sign consists of the fact that the Lord will give us the opportunity and the ability to eat our bread till we are full and we will dwell in our land safely. Psalm 33, 18-22 Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep their li- them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord and when it says, you wait on the Lord, they rely upon His teaching and you hope upon His truth. 
Our soul waiting for the Lord, He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Psalm 33, 18-22 Can a person agree with the, this if mercy will be given? Mercy will be given according to how much I hope in the Lord. The essence of the given principle by which God can turn His mercy upon us consists in our hope upon Him. Therefore, it is specifically the measure or level of our hope upon God or our trust upon God will the measure of the mercy of the Lord be given. And so, when you draw near to God, that means you sanctify yourself before Him. Then He will draw near to you. According to this principle, by which God can turn His mercy upon us, consists in our hope upon Him. And so, as we have said, it will be, the mercy will be given to us in within the level in which we hope upon Him or trust in Him. Therefore, hope upon God and upon His Word that is concealed within our heart is the bread of life that we will eat until we are full by, by the confessions of hope. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21, 20, 20, 21. And so when we confess the faith of our heart, then this will be the bread of life, and we will have enough of it. We will not be hungry. And so hope upon God and upon His Word, which is the bread of life, which is the preached to us Word, will quench our spiritual hunger and will make our spirit strong. You will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, 3, 4. Fourth sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the grown by his fruit of holiness with the holiness of God so that we can receive the right to the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith consists in the Lord God will send his peace upon our land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid as he will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through our land. You will also chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. Just as the sword of Goliath ended up in the hands of David with which he cut his head off and that became the sword of David for the rest of his life about which he had said. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there none here on hand a spear or a sword for I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste so the priest said the sword of Goliath the Philistine whom you killed in the valley of Elah there it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod you see where the sword was it was wrapped and was behind the ephod the ephod was the garment of the high priest if you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. 1 Samuel 21, 8, 9. We need to keep in mind that before David cut Goliath's head off with the sword, he killed him with one of the five smooth stones taken from the brook that flow in the valley of the white terebinth tree. 
Therefore, before God sends His peace upon our land, which is the promise that belongs to our inheritance in Christ Jesus and with Christ Jesus, it is necessary to be with God in the covenant of peace, which has become the inheritance of our father Abraham by the means of the righteousness of his faith. The essence of the righteousness of the faith of Abraham consisted in this, that he believed in the given by God promise and began counting himself dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming that not existent promise about the covenant of peace with God as existent. The beast that God will drive, these beasts that God will drive out from our land because we began to collaborate our grown fruit of holiness with the holiness of God, is driving out the corrupt desires from within our body these are corrupt thoughts and desires, which, from which we can conclude that God has driven out the evil beasts from our body. But when the evil beasts, as our corrupt lusts and, and thoughts, are driven out from out of our body, then the punishing sword of the law and the holiness of God will not have a reason to strike our land. In order to understand the way we need to examine ourselves as to whether we have such a peace, we will look at the path that leads to clothing your essence into the armor of his peace by which we can judge that God has driven the evil beasts out of our body, turning their own sword against them in the events that took place with David, who is a symbol of our new person. First, this new person, he possesses the ability to collaborate with the truth of the word of God that is concealed in him and with the Holy Spirit that reveals the mysteries or this mysterious essence of this truth. Our new person possesses the ability to collaborate with our mind upon the condition that it is renewed by the spirit of our mind. The first sign that God has sent his peace into our heart and has driven out the evil beasts from our body, which are unclean thoughts and desires that come from the flesh, consists in the fact that David tended the flocks of his father and did not allow wild animals to carry any of the sheep of his father away from the flock. If we tend the thoughts of our father, a person that is clothed into a father of God, then this is evidence that God has driven out these beasts from our land. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are a youth, and he has... He is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. 1 Samuel 17, 33-35 Your servant had killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Second sign that God has sent his peace into our heart and has driven out the evil beasts from our body, which are unclean thoughts and desires that come from the flesh, consists in David meeting the Philistine in the valley of the white terebinth tree. The white terebinth tree, type of an oak tree, is the tree of gopher from which God commanded Noah to build the ark for the saving of his house. Therefore, the valley of the terebinth tree is salvation that is given to us by God by grace in Jesus Christ. The symbol of Goliath that led the army of the Philistines is our old person that leads the army of unclean thoughts and desires. The symbol of Goliath's sword that he relied upon is the law of commandments that discovers the sin that lives within our body and gives power to sin, those living in our body. 
According to the parable of Christ, it is Goliath within our body who is the strong one because of the sword that he trusted in and that he protected his possessions with, which is our body. The third sign that God sent his peace into our heart and has driven out the evil beasts from our body, which are unclean thoughts and desires that come from the flesh, consists in David. It says David ran to the brook that flowed in the valley of the terebinth tree and selected five smooth stones and used the one of them to kill Goliath by striking him in the head and he died. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. The symbol of the brook that flows in the valley of the terebinth tree is the faith of God. In your heart, the five smooth stones that David chose from this flowing brook is the covering covering of the Most High and the shadow of the Almighty in obeying your faith to the faith of God in the mouth of His delegated ones. The fourth sign that God has sent His peace into our heart and has driven out the evil beasts from our body which are unclean thoughts and desires that come from the flesh consists in David running up to the Philistine he took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his his head with it therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it and when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead they fled 1 Samuel 17.51 The symbol of the sword in the hands of the Philistine is the law of Moses that revealed the Philistine within our body and gave him power to keep corruption within our body. The symbol of the Philistine sword in the hands of David, this is that was in the hands of the Philistine, the law of Moses, the symbol of the Philistine of, of the Philistine sword, a sword in the hand of David, who is our new person that lives within our mortal body, gave him power to cut off the head of the Philistine in order to swallow up death with the victory of the stronger one and clothe our mortal body into immortality. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 53-56 If we have received the promise to our heart that belongs to the door of our hope, and began counting ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the not-existent stronghold of incorruption within our body as existent, then this means that God has sent peace into our heart, and has driven out the evil beasts from our body, which are unclean thoughts and desires that come from the flesh. Fifth sign by which we can examine ourselves as to whether we are collaborating the growth grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God is God will look upon us favorably and will make us fruitful and he will multiply us. The words look upon us favorably when it comes to God looking upon us favorably, he will allow himself to be seen and known, will present himself, will show himself, will be merciful to us or will show us his mercy, will allow us to understand him by listening to the preached word, will give us his peace and will keep us with the power of his peace. He will give us the power to look at one another. We will look upon the Lord and he will look upon us. 
uh, he will make us fruitful in the fruit of righteousness. He will increase us in the fulfillment of a for us pro- in fulfilling for us promises. All the elements of the given promise where God has vowed that he would look upon us favorably are placed in direct dependence of how we behave with Aaron and his sons. And such a high priest and his sons within our churches is called to be that person that is clothed into the power of the delegated fathership of God and his helpers. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. You see, blessing can only come through them, only through the Levites, through through the priests. They are the ones that are to bless. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So you shall put my name on the you shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Number six twenty two through twenty seven. All of the promises in God are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. If I will not bless you, then you will not be blessed, is what he's saying. When God looks upon a person favorably, he becomes capable of bearing fruits of righteousness, growing the seed of promise that is received by faith into his heart by listening to the preached word. Amen. Let us bend our knees. (coughs) And if you can't bend your knees and your head. (coughs) And we will pray. I ask all of those saints that in some way are bound by sin that they've committed, that they are bothered by any fear, any untimely untimely death or hunger. We wait for you here. We pray for you. May the Lord bless us at the altar and may He perform a complete victory and drive out your enemies from within you and give peace to your land. Amen.
I will be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side, He's not against you. He greatly desires and He's ready right now to cover you with Himself, not remind your, you of your sins, deliver you from fear, your lusts, your passions, committed sins, to destroy the shackles of sin where you are locked into, to deliver you from all forms of fear, to send peace into your heart, to give you the fullness of this peace so you can live and be satisfied with it. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt. That is that you have released the sins of those who have committed something against you or offended you so God can forgive you. And so pray together with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you upon this holy place at your holy altar. I open up my heart so that you may see my pain and my wounds that are inflicted by sin. I hate sin. I love your law, but I can't fulfill it until you drive out these evil beasts from my body. I believe in you. I trust your victory that you have placed me into Jesus Christ. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May He look upon you with His great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains, which are God's promises, and the everlasting hills, which are God's covenant, May all this be on you and be upon you, and the nation shall say, Amen. Blessed is the Lord and Father in the name of Jesus Christ that gives us the service of justification that upon the service every one of us just is justified in a way that God does not remember he blots out your sins and you leave here completely as a clean book where you can start writing either the fruits of holiness or destruction but even if you fall again that does not mean that there's no mercy for you that just means that you are slaves of sin but the Lord lives 
and He has delivered you. So, when you see yourself delivered, count yourself dead to sin, living for God, and meditate about this and proclaim this in your houses. Stand up, proclaim this. You lie down to sleep, proclaim this. Who God is for you, what He's done for you, and you will see that unusual speed and the noise with which God will deliver you from your enemies. Let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen.